Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain, and I'm so glad to have you with me again on episode 141 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming the everyday challenges of life. So happy that you are with me again this week. If you want to know more about me, you can check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. There are a number of helpful resources there, a place where you and I can chat and interact. You can email me, and I would really love to hear from you. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast with your friends and leave a review, that would be incredibly helpful for me. So wherever you may be listening, would love for you to leave a review and and leave a rating. I want to talk to you today about leadership tips for times of sorrow. How do you lead when the leader is experiencing times of personal sorrow? Uh, I was just jotting down some notes for today's podcast, and I'm recognizing that there are at least five of my good friends that are experiencing some very difficult situations. One of them is really, uh, two of them actually are a life or death situation, a couple of financial situations. One has chronic illness. And I I find myself being really burdened, um, weighed down at times by their situation. I feel sad for them. I, I, um, I feel like my shoulders are slumping and my countenance is is a bit downcast at times because I love these people so much and they're facing very difficult things. How do I remain a hopeful leader, a focused leader, uh, a wise leader, a compassionate leader, a courageous leader, a present leader in the times of sorrow? And so I want to talk to you today and share with you five tips that I'm finding helpful for how you can maintain faithfulness to your call to leadership while your heart and your soul are heavy with situations going on in your own life. Even as I'm recording, I'm, a couple of other people are coming to my mind. So let me share with you today the five tips to help you be a successful leader during times of sorrow. So tip number one is to admit the burden and to even go deeper than that, explore the why behind the burden, the weight. Uh, For me and uh, for many of my leadership friends, their leadership in my context and maybe in your context carries within it the idea of care. You care about other people. You don't want to just <clears throat> give leadership in the sense of you have authority to make this decision or you've been delegated to do this or you've been tasked with this responsibility. That leadership gets way beyond function and it's very personal. It's, it involves care and love. Uh, that idea that you want people's lives to benefit because you have influence with them. And if leadership carries within it the idea that I care about you, 
I love you. I believe in you. I'm emotionally invested in you. Then when that person you're leading, that friend, that team member, that employee, that person that's a part of your small group, your ministry, your church, your business, when they're going through difficult times, you feel it. You feel it because you care. And because you care, you you feel the weight of those things, and you you experience sorrow, you experience disappointment, you might experience anger or or grief. And the challenge with the leader is <clears throat> because you want to give this public persona of strong leadership, compassionate leadership, leadership that's always hopeful, it can be easy to ignore the weight, to ignore the burden. Maybe you think about that in in your own life, how you can overlook those weights and those burdens. And the first tip that I have found to help me maintain fidelity and faithfulness to healthy, life-giving leadership is to admit that I feel weighed down. It is to admit that I feel burdened, and it it is to explore the why. Let me give you an example. One of my friends that I mentioned just a few minutes ago is in a life or death situation, and I'm I'm texting the spouse every day, two or three times a day, because they live in another city. Sometimes we we chat on the phone, and I I texted them the other day, uh, <clears throat> just some some loving thoughts, some prayerful thoughts, uh, curious about how things were going. And as I was texting, what I realized in part what I was doing was what it is on the surface. Hey, I care about you. What's happening? Can you give me an update? That would be helpful. Deeper than that, though, texting was a form of hanging on to emotional attachment. The burden was connected to I don't want to let go of you. I don't want for this situation to play out based upon its current trajectory. And texting was a way to hang on emotionally and not let go. When you can go deeper to why you feel this weight and to why you feel this burden, the understanding and the clarity that you will get will be informational. It will be helpful. It it can be inspirational. It can provide you the kind of clarity to help you know what to do next. So once I realized that my texting of my friend was a way to stay emotionally attached, now I can start dealing with the idea of letting go and processing loss. And I couldn't do that until I was willing to discover the deeper why. So tip number one for how to be a healthy, life-giving leader in the times of your own sorrow, in the times of your own soul being weighed down, is to admit that you're weighed down and to explore the deeper why. Okay, let's move this along to tip number two on how to be a life-giving leader in times of sorrow. Tip number two, don't own the burden. Now, Tip number one is to admit the burden, to admit the heaviness of the soul. Love will feel those things. I remember years ago I read a wonderful quote by Queen Elizabeth 
the second, and she said, grief is the price tag of love. So to admit grief is to admit some sense of love, some sense of care, that some sense of value loss is happening. But the second tip is don't own the burden. And this is what I mean by that. My friend that I'm texting and have been hanging on to emotionally, I want to be responsible for their medical outcome. I want to be responsible for the emotional quality of their life. I want to be responsible for removing all aspects of suffering, sadness, loss, grief, anger. I want to remove all of it, and I want to fill their life with joy and connection and long life and happiness and contentment and meaning and purpose, but I can't do any of that. But when as leaders we cross the line from being responsible to someone in times of sorrow to to crossing the line to where we are now responsible for someone in times of sorrow, we assume an ownership that doesn't belong to us. I'm a person of faith. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast for quite a while, the Lord is responsible for people. Jesus is responsible for people. God is responsible for people. He is the creator of all image bearers. I'm not responsible for people. I'm only responsible for me but I'm responsible to everyone around me. When I cross the line from two to four, I'm no longer just responsible to you, but I'm responsible for you. I have crossed the line into owning the burden rather than stewarding the heaviness of soul that allows me actually an opportunity to be a more empathic, compassionate, understanding, present leader. Friends, I don't want you to be responsible for whatever the situation is that may be causing the sorrow, the heaviness of soul, or the burden. The way you can maintain healthy, life-giving leadership in times of sorrow is to remember, to explore, to identify, and to be faithful to what it means to be responsible to other people during times of sorrow, not responsible for them. Tip number three, lean on others. You remember the old song, lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Well, I profess not to be a singer, so I'm sorry for those last 10 seconds, but uh, lean on others. I got to my church today and my soul has been heavy. I had dinner with some friends Friday night, wonderful family. And they said, how are you doing? I said, well, honestly, I feel kind of heavy. These are the five or six situations going on around me, and I care about these people. And I hurt that they are going through difficulty, some of them facing death. And unless a miracle happens, that's what's going to happen. And I, at that mealtime and even coming to, to church today, I had friends begin to pray for me. And I realized, you know what? I need to lean on other people. <laughs> Sometimes, as a leader, I just lean on me. I trust my own strength. I trust my own ability to get through things. And I wonder if you do that too. Do you do that? 
Are you guilty of relying on yourself more than you rely on other people? I stand up and give a talk almost every week to my church, and in many of those talks, I exhort and encourage my church family to depend on other people, to lean on other people, to reach out for help from other people. (laughs) And I, as the leader, struggle doing that sometimes. Easy to talk about, difficult sometimes to live. What does it look like for you to lean on others so you're not abdicating your leadership responsibility You're actually acting like a healthy human leader. You're leaning on others. Maybe it's around a mealtime, having a fun activity together, talking, going for a walk. Maybe it's sharing with others what's heavy on your heart, just talking it out, finding a listening ear. For me as a person of faith, it's all of that. Plus, it's letting people pray for me. This morning at my church, I had about six to eight people who prayed for me passionately for, I would say, 10 to 15 minutes. And I just stood there in the middle of them in a circle. I didn't say anything, had my eyes closed, and I listened to what they prayed. I don't know anything greater, more humbling than other people intentionally, consciously calling my name before God, asking Him to intervene in my life. Friends, lean on others. Whatever way that may look, lean on others. Okay, here is tip number four. Grieve with tears. Part of of what this is, is the grieving process is, is leaders have to offload burdens. We're not Superman, Superwoman. We're not uh, DC comic or Marvel superheroes. We're human beings, and we have limitations. And we have to embrace those limitations as gifts. And one of the things that I'm, I'm having to do in these days is, is feel the sorrow, feel the, the sense of loss. There's a biblical text that I found some comfort in lately, and it's, if you're familiar with the Bible or maybe interested in it, it's in a book in the New Testament called Acts, and it's the the eighth chapter. At the end of the seventh chapter, a leader that the church had just installed, uh, who was caring for widows and orphans and a certain group of people, had been stoned because of this particular person in Acts 7, their commitment to Jesus. And at the end of Acts chapter 7, they stoned this person to death. And Acts chapter 8 begins with uh, what would later be a church leader, but at this time was just a religious leader, a guy named Saul. He approved of this stoning. And it says that on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and areas. And it says in verse 2, godly men buried Stephen. He was the one who was just stoned, and they mourned deeply for him. Sometimes I wonder if leaders give themselves permission to mourn. It says here, godly men, plural, buried Stephen, and plural, men mourned deeply for him. The mourning was public. The mourning was plural. It wasn't a private, isolated, alone, in a back office somewhere with tears. That may be appropriate, but there's also a public mourning, and it can actually 
be advantageous to your leadership in this way. And it's not manipulative. It, it humanizes your leadership for people. They know you feel things deeply, both sorrow, grief, as well as joy, hope, peace, justice. You fast forward just a few chapters to uh, Acts chapter, I believe it was uh, 12 maybe, or 10, something like that. There's a place where there was a, a, a great um, continued, people were scattered because of the persecution, and, and they just kept declaring the message of, of Jesus. Here's tip number four and tip number five. Tip number four is to grieve with tears. It is to let that grief sometimes be public and and be felt and be genuine and be honest and, and let it be seen and let it be done in plurality, not singularity, meaning grieve with other people. But the fifth tip is to let the sorrow and the sense of loss be fuel for your broader purpose. When the great persecution happened in the book of Acts, People were scattered everywhere, and it says that those who were scattered continued to preach the message message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is what caused the scattering, but they're not abandoning the purpose for their calling. We can't abandon the purpose of leadership even in the place of sorrow. Let the sorrow fuel your leadership to be more determined more wise, more loving, more courageous, more compassionate. See, in the book of Acts, when they faced difficulty and sorrow, it didn't stop their leadership. It fueled their leadership. And I'm wanting you to convert the heaviness of soul, own it, be present with it. I mean, admit it, but don't own it. Be present with it. Lean on others. Grieve publicly with others, and, and, and turn all of that into fuel, my friends. Beloved, turn all of that into fuel to double down on the power of leadership, to influence, to love, to serve, and to benefit others. The fifth tip for life-giving leadership in times of sorrow, turn the sorrow into fuel for your leadership purpose. Yep, I love that. Hope these five tips are helpful for you. Admit the burden and dig deeper into the why. Don't own it. Be responsible to, but not responsible for. Lean on others. Receive support from friends. Grieve in plurality and publicly with tears if necessary. And turn that sorrow into fuel for purpose. Thank you, friends, for listening today. I hope that these five tips for life-giving leadership in times of sorrow will help you continue to be a healthy and life-giving leadership even in your most difficult seasons. Thanks for listening today to episode 141 of Our Little Podcast. Don't forget to share this with your friends and leave a review wherever you may be listening. And I'll talk to you next week.